0: Hey friend, you've stumbled across the Honest Pod with Carrie Garcia, where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing, hope, and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive. And now for this week's episode of the Honest Pod. The Honest Pod. Today's fun because I get to have the famous, the amazing Mario Garcia with us today. Hey, Mario, hey. say hi to the people. Hi, people. <laughs> so, Good for to be those, here. Of you, yeah, for those of you that don't know, Mario is my husband. Has been for almost 19 years. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it, babe? We've made it 19 actual years. Um, Wild and crazy. I know. And throughout those, I just thought it would be so great to have you come on because this month we're talking about what does it mean to live a life that is free and fully alive per the fact that my book is coming out and this has been a very crazy, wild, fun, stressful (laughs) experience. We're like so excited about it. And then in the same breath, we're learning a lot of things. And if anything, we're having to channel all of these tools that we've learned in this book to be able to keep us grounded and not lose it because there's Mm -hmm. just so much when a book is coming out. Who knew? Yes. Who knew? Well, now we do know. Uh, But I wanted to be able to have you come on because I... Honestly, I feel like we wrote this book together. Like this is something that we have experienced. The free and fully alive life that we've experienced um, Mm -hmm. has been hard fought. And so many of the words that are on this page are literally words we wrote together. And I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but for all of you, I'm going to read the dedication because oh, really, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. because I want all of you to know when I tell you that Mario is on here because he helped me write this book, it's, it truly is like the pages of all of this healing have been written on my heart because of God and Mario. So it says to my husband, Mario, it was you who lovingly walked me through countless sleepless nights held my tears when I had no words and never stopped believing that healing was for me. My soul has found peace because of your persistent pursuit of my wandering heart. And through that, I met a piece of Jesus that had felt far away until his love through you showed me a new Hmm. way. Hmm. Dedicated to you. Sweet baby boy, baby, babe. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious as I read that, what, what comes up for you in just hearing some of that?
1: Oh, give me a second. Um, (laughs) what comes up so much comes up actually. And, um, I think it's, you know, for me, it's the sleepless nights. And I know we joke about that, you know, the Mm. 3am, the 4am's, but really, um, I think those are the moments where I realized that this, this work was important to you and it was important to us. And, you know, those are things like literally when people ask you, like, what keeps you up at night? Like, it could be good. It could be bad. Um, but this was, it was good and it was hard. And so for me, mm-hmm. um, just looking at, at all this, man, like that's when our, you know, I think our true selves kind of come out and, and emotions. And so I really had to press through. Um, some of those moments to actually stay engaged and the things that we were talking about weren't light. And so, um, you know, it just, I I feel like it's like ride or die. Like I'm so proud of you and for writing this and putting all these things on paper. It's one thing to live it and teach it, you know, but putting it on paper to help others understand um, this work and what it can do for you is just, it's very vulnerable um, as I know, you've kind of wrestled with me sometimes too, is like it's you' it's it's printed now. It's out there for people to to read. <laughs> this is your heart. this is our heart. And so um yeah, it's that's what kind of stands out to me, but I'm mm-hmm. just so proud of you. and yes, we're going through a lot right now trying to launch this book and um, you know, <laughs> tensions are there, but I, I love you and I'm really proud of you. It's Thanks, been a long
0: babe. time. Yeah. I want to I want to ask you. We'll dive into some of the because I am curious. I know this work has it's not just something you're proud of me doing like you've actually done the work in these pages you have Mm -hmm. done, you have engaged them. You have, there's, this book is very formulaic. It's very like, here's what we've got to do first. Here's what we've got to do second. And you have done all of those things. And I want to talk about that in a minute, but I want to just share, because I think it's important for us to understand that out of the particularities of our pain really comes the particularities of our calling. I I say this quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment And I know you're going to remember it. I actually reference it in the book where it was three o'clock in the morning. I was in the shower Mm -hmm. crying and I came out of the shower and I was sitting on the edge of the tub and you had come in. And I think it was in that moment that you were like, man, you're like, we need help here. We Mm -hmm. We need to be able to get some help. And I'm curious in that moment, you know, here I am, book is done. Like there's been there's been so many days and years and work that have come into what it means to have lived a free and fully alive life. And fully alive does not always mean it's just all good, right? It's yeah. being awakened to all the things. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious from that moment, looking back on that moment, what was kind of running through your head at that time? Just as you know, you've been walking with me for years. Panic attacks and mm-hmm. lots of sleepless nights. Lots of wrestling with someone who struggles with depression, um, mm-hmm. meaning me. And that culmination in that moment, I, I'm curious what 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 was kind of running through your mind at that time.
1: Oh, let's see. Taking me back there. Um, I mean, definitely, like for me, it was like an awakening, and not just for you know how hard this was, or I realized that I have to be emotionally available and, um, and emotionally present in, in these moments. And I hadn't really never understood what that even meant or even how to do that. So for me, it was like an awakening of like, man, there, this, this work is too important for me to just not engage in it myself, um, to engage in it with you. And so for me, it was just this, like it hit me hard of like i have to be in touch with these parts of my emotions that i can then support you i can then begin to share my own um thoughts and feelings for you so it was a it was a real awakening for me mm-hmm. um in that moment it was hard it was really hard i there was lots of moments in my life when i would freeze <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think like i felt myself wanting to go there and i just said I I can't freeze right now. Mm. I can't freeze. She needs me too much and this is too important to just be frozen. So, mm.
0: wow. Yeah, freezing is kind of your go-to
1: mm-hmm. response
0: when trauma happens or, yeah. you know, when panic and and you're scared like, you know, you don't necessarily fight or flight, you really freeze. And yeah. And it was in that moment that you decided, and and I love what you're saying because it wasn't like, I need to get Carrie help. That was part Mm -hmm. of it. But what I hear you saying is, I actually need to heal so that I can actually be present fully for my wife who's hurting, which is an Mm -hmm. interesting take, right? I think for a lot of men, it's like, okay, we need to get her help. Like, and- there's parts of that that was true. Yeah. And I was getting help. There was stuff going on. That wasn't just like mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm crying in the shower and you'd never seen this before and I'd never been in therapy. Like this is this is yeah. the culmination of a lot of therapy and a lot of story work and the things that I've been doing. I mean, I hadn't been writing this book yet, but there was that was a culmination. So it wasn't necessarily like from what I hear you saying, it wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, we need to get her more help." What I hear you saying is that was a moment of revelation that My wife is doing this work, but in order for me to do this work with her, I'm going to have to connect and figure Mm -hmm. out the areas of me where I'm not free, where I'm not fully alive, because instead of being free, I freeze.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I just, Mm -hmm. just remind me too, I just felt like, you know, that it was almost like something like that. This was to a point where I couldn't fix it. Like I didn't even have like, the words Mm -hmm. to say, what do you say to somebody who's in that kind of state? I was like, I was kind of like lost for words. And I was like, this is not a fixable moment. This is a, a moment where I just have to be present and be with, be with you in that moment. So yeah, there was a, there was a lot going on. And so Mm -hmm. yeah, for men who want to jump to the fix or Hey, I have to, I have to fix this. She's my wife, but that's, it's not always the answer. Um, And so there was a decision I had to make in that moment.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because the dynamics of our marriage, especially like the first 10 years was really when I would get upset or I would have, you know, these low moments that weren't diagnosed yet, it was like avoid or freeze. Like you would freeze Mm -hmm. in that moment when I would get upset and then that would cause you to really avoid like, okay, I'm just going to go work more or whatever. Like I'll pay, I'll pay for whatever you need. But when in that moment, I remember early years in that moment when I would be like, you know, level 10 emotion, Mm -hmm. you would freeze and then you would opt to avoid. Do you have a sense as to why freezing and Mm -hmm. then avoiding was kind of your go-to response?
1: I mean, without getting into a lot of my stories, which I'm always open sure. to share, I think for me, but what what I thought was like in the moment, as as a husband and as a man, like, and this is something that I worked through early on in my you know counseling with a therapist was like, I would go into this spiral, sh- like the shame spiral. Like I would be mm-hmm. like, oh man, I'm I can't help her, and mm-hmm. so that can't help in that moment. I'd be like, I'm I'm a terrible husband provider like I can't I can't take care of my wife and so it would actually spiral me to a point where I would that's where I then would like avoid because it Mm -hmm. just was so shameful that it really pulled me away from you and even myself like I had no idea what to do so um yeah it was just a really weird cycle that I would fall into that avoiding Mm -hmm. the the shame and not having the answers, right? Like I felt like oh, right. man, I don't have the answers, and I care about this woman more than anything, and I can't step in, and so because I didn't have the tools, or I just didn't, or the things that you were saying, I was taking it personal, mm-hmm. um, and it, sometimes it wasn't. It wasn't a personal thing. It was your story. It was your mental, you know, capacity, and so it was right. just like, in that moment, what am I to do? Um, mm-hmm. But my go-to, I think was always to avoid conflict, you know, and that, not even just conflict, but avoid that uh, confrontation of emotion, let's call it that, um, because that's my story. And there was Mm -hmm. a lot of moments in my young childhood and young adults where that happened. So it was very comfortable and very easy for me to fall into that.
0: Right. And that just leads me to, in the book, in Free and Fully Alive, it talks about kind of these three pillars. And, you know, it's connection to self, connection to God, connection to others. And really there's this kind of formula of moving us through and into this place of a fully alive life. As you Mm -hmm. were reading the book and, you know, looking into it, what, what kind of stood out to you the most of like, man, this was an area where I really needed to go?
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously like they're uh, all three are super important, but for me, like, you know, first of all, Hey, I love it. <laughs> love the cover. Um, uh, you know, for me, I was like, I, what I asked myself, like, what am I needed? What, which area speaks to me? And as I kind of went through it, all three of them, I've you know, been around them for a while. I think for me, it was like this connection to self. And mm-hmm. even in the parentheses here, it says grieving the pain you've experienced. Um, Mm. first of all, I, I had no clue what it meant to even grieve. Um, fortunately, um, as a child, I didn't have a lot of loss. Like, you know, I, my grandparents were around until pretty recently. And so I didn't have a lot of death, like a lot of loss in that sense. Um, didn't really have a lot of loss or grieving um, that I needed to get done. So for me, I was like, you know, I had to really explore that section. And so as I was kind of going through, um, part of this connection to self connecting to yourself is expressing like your needs and understanding and acknowledging what I need. And mm. so I couldn't, I couldn't move um, in these places that I wanted to with you or with relationships with kids, coworkers, whatever, until I realized like I need to begin to acknowledge my needs and express them um, mm. in all situations and not think that I am a needy person. Cause I think right. a lot of guys, Feel like oh I don't want to be too needy I don't be a, I don't want to be a burden, um, and so that's kind of like I think where I was heading. And so um, this one line says opening yourself up to identify your needs may feel risky. It leaves you open and vulnerable and exposes your heart, bringing the potential of being harmed or let down once again. And so when I read that I was like oh I've experienced that I've experienced the being harmed for expressing something for expressing my need expressing. Um, you know, standing up for somebody or something mm-hmm. was met mm-hmm. with, with harm. And so, um, and when I think about what that means, um, in the next time, but if you want to be free and fully alive, naming your needs is essential to your growth and healing, just like mm-hmm. Jesus needed the father constantly. And I was like, I mean... It just spoke to me because I'm like, man, even Jesus needed that connection, you know, back to his Mm -hmm. father and like, but he needed to be understood what he was feeling and he did all the time. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what stuck out to me in the section that I really, mm I,
0: I think what's coming up for me is to ask you. So when you, for all those years, you have told me obviously multiple stories, Mm -hmm. Um, around places where you did kind of step up and say what you needed or tried to protect someone Mm -hmm. and based on what they needed. And like you said, it was met with harm. What Mm -hmm. begins to happen in a heart as you're reading that out of the chapter, what begins Mm -hmm. to happen in a human heart or even in your heart when you begin to deny and sever yourself from your needs? What Mm. begins to happen and how does that affect your relationships?
1: yeah I mean, for for me, it was really easy. That's I think where the the foundation of avoiding came from. I mean, that's the the core root of like my avoidance was I will never put myself in that situation again um, mm-hmm. to to feel that um that harm or to be expressed um, that way. So for me, um, it just really was a sense of, yeah, I need to just shut down don't say anything, um, play it safe. Um, it's, it's okay. Like it'll just kind of like, you know, um, kind of wither away or or work itself out. You know, time is time will heal it. I'm like, it was such a lie and such a, I did Hmm. such a disservice, not just to myself, but to those around me and in that situation. How do you
0: feel like it was for me and you, how do you feel like that lacking of being able to name your needs in our marriage? Mm-hmm. How did that manifest itself and create, mm-hmm. you know, dysfunction or hurt? Like, how do yeah. you? How did you see that kind of playing out?
1: Yeah. Well, I I didn't really see it playing out until one one day, one drive, and I know you know this moment where I was like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a
0: it's is, an awesome is- moment, guys. Get ready. <laughs> it's an
1: awesome moment." And I feel sometimes I'm like I feel so ashamed to share because I'm like I should know what this word means but I really didn't know what it meant at the core of our relationship but I was like hey babe like what does it what does it mean to be resentful what does resent mean and i was like Mm -hmm. and then we talked about it and processed it and I was like it just came out of my mouth I was like well I think I resent you and then you were like (laughs) you know taken back and I was like oh no what happened so then I was like you know retreat 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 and Uh spiral um but you know, it had to come out. I had to right. say that. And I believe that mm-hmm. was like the Holy Spirit kind of just saying, Hey, you need to get this out. You need to express, even if I didn't know exactly what it meant, I was feeling it. And so, right. um, after that moment, I was like, we had lots of good conversations and I had to then do the work to get into what that meant. And I believe that that resentment came about because of my mm-hmm. avoidance of conflict or, you mm-hmm. know, disagreements or just mm-hmm. expressing what I really want. I just held it in. I was like, well, it's okay. I'll just take the the brunt of everything mm-hmm. and not speak up for what I feel is right or what has even hurt me, like the words that you or others have said to me. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it just, it really built up a lot of resentment, um, yeah. not just for you, but for all my life.
0: Right. And really, this sense of anger. And I think when we're talking about mm-hmm. living a fully alive life, is to understand that all parts of you are meant to be felt experienced and God invited into. And when Mm -hmm. you begin to go, well, I'm not going to have needs. I'm going to avoid something. A part of you has to be severed, right? A part of you has Mm -hmm. to be severed so that like, I don't feel this. I'm not going to experience this so that I can quote unquote, keep the peace. But the problem was, was that our intimacy, our togetherness, our closeness, you weren't coming fully alive because a part of you was severed and i was kind yep. of the opposite i was so overly needy and that showed itself in such rage mm-hmm. and anger because for me rage and anger was where i was able to get attention but i had to sever the part of me that really needed tender care like mm-hmm. that really needed tender care so i was not living fully alive i was living yeah. severed you were living severed and i would venture to say that most of us if we are not in touch with you know what we're needing and naming what we're needing and also understanding why we do what we do then we are living severed we are living a mm-hmm. life that is that is through the grid of how we were shaped and the harm that mm-hmm. has come to us rather than living through the grid in which God created us to be, the hands that formed us, the, the destiny that's on our bones, the fully alive, yep. abundant life. And I think often like when people, and this is, would be a question that I would ask you, when people think of living a fully alive life, like free and mm-hmm. fully alive, I think there's this tendency to think that it's going to be, you know, there's no pain. There's no sorrow. It's all good. I never am scared anymore. I'm, you know, it's going to all just be awesome. And what, like for reading the book and knowing the journey, cause you've really done this whole book. Like I said, it's like, we wrote this together. Mm-hmm. Like how would you define for you mm. now living what does it mean to live fully alive for you?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a big question too. Um, But I can honestly say that I, I am more in touch and I understand what that means a whole lot more today Mm -hmm. um, than I did even three years ago. Like it's it's such a, such a long journey. Um, But for me, this idea of living fully alive, I had no idea what, if you would ask me that, like, Two three years ago, like I would have said, like I don't know what it means to. I, it would have been like mm. I just, just live. I just just be. Just like exist. You know, let it and come that, as
0: it comes. Just whatever. Let it happens, come as it comes.
1: Happens. You know, don't don't taste. Don't take risks. You know, just mm. kind of live. And that was kind of my story. It was just like live this very safe, safe and um, calm life. And that served me for a long time. And it, it was. For moments and there were good moments, but, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really understand what that meant. And I think through my journey now looking at where I am, this idea of being fully alive is actually like, it's, it has reminded me now I can see who I was created to be, to be honest Mm. with you. That was, there was a moment in the, all the work that I've done, the story work, um, all around all my stories, sitting with you, sitting with other, other men, like, I realized the importance of like, man, I was finally able to see the the younger me that I believe had all of these great qualities of, of life, like fully alive as, as a young boy, like sports, BMX, all these things. And it wasn't just about what I was doing, but it was like how I treated people, how I saw mm. people, how I saw women, how I saw friends, um, you know, always there for the underdog type thing. So for me, it was like, Tapping into what that what that was, and now living that out in my life now, and being more confident and being able to share my needs and um, you know get to those places of really doing things that make me come alive. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, I don't I, know if you want to get specific.
0: Well, I mean, there's this there's a portion in the books that's um, Mm -hmm. like a call back to you, like who, like exactly what you're saying, this reclaiming who you were. And what would you say, like this connection to self you kind of bring up, but there was, what has been like the conduit for that connection that has allowed that person that God created you to be, to kind of come to the surface? What has been the medicine, if you will, or the, the thing that you had to engage in to help mm-hmm. you be able to rescue the little yeah. one that was very trapped in, you know, being the nice guy and just kind of people pleasing yeah. and just avoiding so that you really could come alive.
1: Yeah. I think I, I'm I'm reminded of, of kind of, and I love this chapter, like a call to home, a call to you, like mm-hmm. releasing the old stepping into the new. Cause it takes me back to we were in LA and I had my first time ever of solitude um, by myself. Mm. And I'd gone, I don't know if you remember, I went with like a bunch of questions for God to kind of help answer and what was next, blah, blah. blah. And literally it was the most beautiful time because I literally, he took me back to the prodigal son. And I was like, Mm. man, I know this story. We know this story, but there was something about that day that he was just saying, I just want you back. I want you in my presence. I want to be in your presence. And so it was a very tender moment and it was, I mean, you remember I came home like super emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what happened, but it was like a story that I know very well, but it had a different meaning. So that's kind of where my journey began. And so I love that this this chapter, this, I think that's why it spoke to me. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. for years I tried to do all the things I, you know, I tried to, you know, engage in, in prayer and that was great. And, but it never really released me from like this, like that, the hold that something had on me. I didn't even know what it was. So the prayer, I did like deliverance ministry, I did Bible studies and they were all good. And it was part of my journey, but it wasn't until I really engaged my story that I began to go, there was pain there that I have to grieve. And then that there was permission for me to actually step out and- And heal those places i had no idea what that even meant um but for me it was like i you know it says here in this chapter you will never be able to think yourself right you will never be able to redeem your own story you need supernatural invention which i believe that's where god kind of started on the day of solitude with me along with a willingness to get honest with yourself god and others and i don't think i was honest with myself for a long time and so you know, the connection to self obviously comes back to this moment too. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever been honest. I just felt like I had this perfect childhood and, and I, I had a great childhood, but there mm-hmm. were places that needed God's tending to. Um yeah. but he needed me to to see it first in my own in my own story, in my own life.
0: And that's the thing, right? Like there are good moments that Mm -hmm. For some of us, some of us don't have good moments, but there are good moments in our childhood, but we live in a fallen world and we live with fallen parents. Like they're not perfect Mm -hmm. parents. No, there is no perfect parent and their wounded areas or the things in your environment, they do affect you. And I think one of the things that has been probably the most, you know, touching for me is to watch you with real courage grieve Mm -hmm. the places of your childhood that you just Mm -hmm. kind of were like, well, that doesn't really affect me. It's fine, whatever. And yet being faced with the work in this book of really connecting to self-God and others and really seeing where the enemy began a narrative of really taking Mm -hmm. you away from who God created you to be and beginning to malign it and deform it and create like you know, weakness around it, to watch you grieve that. And, you know, for the first time in, you know, 19 years of being married, the last five years, have you been going, okay, instead of avoiding this or freezing in it, I'm going to sit in it and I'm going to grieve it. And that is so much of what we talk about in the book, because I'm like, grief is the great it's like the greatest gift we've been given, but we don't want to do it because we think we're going to drown. You know, we think if we grieve and engage grief, we're going to drown. Could you speak a little bit to that concept around grief?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, it was, like I said, I was very unfamiliar with grieving and what that even meant, to be honest with Mm -hmm. you. Um, But I think after doing a lot of this work, there was a specific story work weekend that I did. And And then a message, obviously, you know, God was speaking so kindly, you know, right after that, that moment. But I heard, um, one of our pastors, uh, describe when he said these words, I don't know what he was even speaking to, but it, it was like, God, like giving me language and words to describe what had happened, um, Mm -hmm. after that weekend. But it was basically like, it was God's goodness saturating every fiber of my being, um, and it kind of like, it felt like a flushing of like Mm. all the, all the stories and all of that, of that particular story of all the the things that I was holding on to, you know, the, um, the avoiding or the resentment and the, the fear, a lot of fear. Um, so Mm -hmm. it just felt like that his goodness was just that, that saturation in my body and in my heart, mind. So all that, it just, that was the best way I could describe what Mm. I was um, experiencing. And so, it was this, it was a very, it was a supernatural experience. And I was like, that's, that's what it was. And so, um, yeah, I just.
0: Well, like what you just said, like when you read that, mm-hmm. like you're not going to be able to think yourself right. I mean, you are a task oriented mm-hmm. person. If you are given a task or a job, it's like, okay, I'm just going to get it done. And then I want the result to be equal to the amount of work that I just put in. And this You know, from what I hear you saying is like doing, you have to show up for the work. You have to show up mm-hmm. for the work, but it's that yeah. supernatural. I love that word, like the flushing grief is yeah. the ability to flush. And we taught, we say in, in free and fully alive, it helps where it has been stuck in your body, like embedded mm-hmm. trauma and yeah. like stuck stories. Mm. Grief is like the, it's like the oil that goes through your body and allows things to move through rather than staying stuck. And, and that's yes. what I have seen. And that's, you know, what we talk about in the book and you know as we're kind of wrapping up here i'm curious for you this book free and fully alive is definitely about you know this journey for yourself it's it's mm-hmm. the healing for yourself but yeah. we've never been called to do this work just so it stays with us yeah. and you know i kind of allude to that at the end of the book but a lot of the book is a lot about how do we how do we heal so that we can show up uh, mm-hmm. more healed in the spaces that God has given to us. And I guess just yeah. as we're kind of closing, how, how has this work, how do you feel like this work has benefited? You know, I'm not going to tell you which area, but you know, yeah, you, know, you have kids, you have work, you have, you know, your relationship with me. Like, how do you see this work benefiting the places where you care about the most?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I was going to like jump to this and like, hey, because I, I wanted to read this part, and but it actually relates to what I'm going to share and what you had asked. It says, right after it says, getting honest to connect with yourself, God and others, it says, then your painful stories will no longer have power over you. You will have power over them. You will be able to see God's plan for your for you more clearly. And that mm. just, that kind of sums up, I think, the, the totality of what I have stepped into. Um, there's, examples in every part of my life as a husband. I think for me being a husband and expressing my needs um has been huge for me and that, that mm-hmm. no longer I have fear of conflict. I don't fear conflict of like harm or even just like not harm just like physically harm, but I'm talking like even like words back that would be hurtful right. or whatever. So I'm for me like harm, right? Yes. Yeah, so in that in our relationship it's been like expressing my needs and understanding that, hey, I can express this to you without having to worry about the the rebuttal. So that has actually mm-hmm. allowed me to kind of step up in that area. For my kids, it's been very helpful in terms of how do I connect to their heart and actually ask mm. better questions before I actually accuse them or, or just lose my mind because it's something that, you know, I've had been frustrated about forever. Um, but I think for me personally, um, it has really allowed me to um, step into these places where I think God is like, asking me to minister to, to, to men and guys around this, because I feel mm. like this work is too important to keep to myself. And I think you're right. Like for me, it's like, and since I've been able to do that and step into these small places of doing story work or storyline with other men and, and going through possibly this book when they can get their hands on it. But um, it actually bring it. I always tell the guys this. I'm like, when I walk away from a conversation, like I am, I am filled like mm. I'm fulfilled and I don't walk away drained. I feel like it's life-giving to me. It really is. So anytime I'm with guys or with you and we can talk about this stuff, it it's actually life-giving to me. And so because of that, that life-giving portion of it, I'm able to then, you know, um, enjoy what I do for like work, like as a creative director, as a, as a designer, senior designer, whatever it is, I'm like, I have some place to actually, Put energy that I know brings me life. Not that graphic design gray direction doesn't bring me life, but it just enhanced who I was as a whole, um, from father to husband to, you know, graphic designer, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's been really awesome. It's so exciting for me. I
0: mean, it really, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm saying this honestly to all of you guys that are listening. My husband is a different person than yeah who I married. And there was really great things about who I married and wonderful and kind and good. But to watch you come alive, like Mm -hmm. when this book says free and fully alive, whenever I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if this works, you know, like you just get in your head about stuff. All I have to do is just take a look at you and see, I mean, even 10 years ago, five years ago, I would have asked you, you know, Mario, what are you passionate about? And you've been like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And this has allowed like passion and a fire and an energy and a purpose rise up. And I love what you're saying. Like, yeah, "Yeah, it makes me a better graphic designer and a better dad. But the thing is, is it's never been, what I've seen is it's not about that you've become a better graphic designer. What you have done Mm -hmm. is shown up in that space so much more grounded and confident in who you are and confidence is attractive and it's allowed you to hold space for other people's hearts, even in, you know, with some of your clients and to be able to talk with them and and anybody that comes Mm -hmm. across your path. And it's really been amazing. And I love what you said that, you know people obviously, women predominantly read books, women predominantly, you know, would kind of come Mm -hmm. to our freedom academies and whatever. But one of the things that you've become very passionate about is getting this message, this free and fully alive message into the hands of men. Why? Why?
1: Hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to say this, but, you know, I know it's not every, every Guy, every man, but I feel like from my story and what I've seen, the majority of the guys that I've sat with in the last couple of years, it's it's all around this idea of like claiming back our voice, our voice mm. to not just like bring the hammer, put the hammer down, or whatever. And like, it's like, how do you lead from a place of um, compassion? How do you lead from a place of empathy? And how do you lead from a place where you're expressing? Your needs and actually understanding the emotional side of who you are. And like, that doesn't mean you're always crying. It doesn't mean you're always like a, a wimp by because you're expressing emotion. It's like, no, you, know, you got to understand, you have to at least understand what those emotions mean and where they're coming from so that you can actually then bring them to trusted spaces, like a men's group that you go to or your uh, spouse or, you know, and, and then to understand your kids. So and mm-hmm. in, in all aspects of life even in your co-working space like there's places where you can actually ask more questions um because you're curious rather than try to fix and so mm. it's just too important and so i think what i love that this this book is not just a two women book this right. it's for humans and so um yeah, I would love for most men, if they don't want to go into like something big, like a big training, three-day intensive or whatever, like this is a great place to start because it actually gives you a foundation to help you understand. And if you don't understand it, can you bring it to somebody or, you know, write us and ask like, Hey, what does this even mean? Or I've been, mm-hmm. you know, processing this. So yeah.
0: That's so that good. And yeah, it sure does. And I mean, you, it's, it's so interesting, right. To talk about these things because you've gotten to the point now where you live it, eat it, breathe it. Like Mm -hmm. this has so become a part of your, even some of the words we say, like holding space and, you know, these are become a part of your Mm -hmm. vernacular. It's just how you talk. But, um, it's, it's not always been like that. And that's what I want, you know, people to Mm -hmm. understand and take away that there is a path And I think for Mm -hmm. many of us, we don't, we know that there's an abundant life. We hear about it. We know that God wants us to be free. We don't really know what that means. We just are like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm not just supposed to feel sad. Maybe that's freedom. And we hear about abundance Mm -hmm. and we think, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that's financially, or maybe that means that, you know, me and my wife don't have any problems. Here's what I want to say. Mario and I have problems. Mario and I fight. Mario and I disagree. Mario and I love being together and sometimes we don't. And the truth is, (laughs) is that I've never felt more protected in my life. I've Mm -hmm. never felt like someone has stood up to be kind, to say the hard things, to hold my heart when it needs to be held, but also say the things that I need to hear for the betterment of myself, where he would never have done that 10 years ago. He would have been too afraid yeah. to do that, to cause waves, to challenge me. And so I become overly needy and he, be, you know, pushes me away more and more. Mm-hmm. We don't have that dynamic anymore. That dynamic yeah. has now shifted and, you know, Mario's never going to be the totalitarian, you know, ruler in my house, but what he has become is a confident protector. And he's, mm-hmm. ki- and that's what kindness is. Mario, when I met Mario, was a nice guy, but nice is passive. What mm-hmm. Mario has turned into is, I believe, the guy that God always created him to be, and he has become kind and kind stands up in the face of oppression. It speaks truth in love. It holds mm-hmm. and bears one another. That's what kindness is. And it took yeah. Mario doing this journey and watching you do this journey, babe, to get you mm-hmm. to a place where it wasn't about you just you know, embracing or overcoming your story. It has yeah. actually been about you embracing your story, embracing who God created you to be, stepping into that kindness. And I, for one, am a better human because of it. I'm I'm more taken care of, and I have been able to heal because of your healing, and I think mm-hmm. vice versa. So I don't know if there's any other thoughts, but that's just the beauty of what this work has been in our marriage and then personally in your life and in mine.
1: Yeah. I, I think I actually love the, love, love when you said like the overcoming versus embracing it. And it just made me think like overcoming means like there's a there's a, a finality and there's like it feels like a lot of pressure. Like I have to overcome something. Like I gotta like I like gotta get over that mountain or I gotta accomplish something fast now to the best of my ability perfect. But embracing is such more it's like it feels more inviting as opposed to like like this pressure. There's like an invitation back to anything. It's an invitation to slow down. It's an invitation to to pause and look and reflect and process with trusted people. And so I would never even know what it means to like overcome something. I'd have been like, well, I just, you know, it's a lot of pressure. I don't do well with pressure. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that mean to people? I, it could mean something different to everybody, but mm-hmm. I love the idea. of, it. And that, that's what I've had to do is embrace it Um, Mm -hmm. and because I'm embracing it, there are steps that I'm taking to overcome certain areas, but Mm -hmm. I don't think this journey will ever end where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. I don't need this anymore. It's an ongoing. So
0: I love that. And I think, you know, I think the idea of overcoming really, we are constantly in a state and being told that we need to overcome, you know, and like Mm -hmm. that overcoming means that we're denying the actual parts of our story that need to be embraced. And by overcoming, it moves us. Mm. And we talk about this in the book. It moves us into this cycle of false freedom where we're trying to overcome and we use other things, you know, work, People pleasing, addictions, you know, what Netflix and chill, you know, whatever. Like we use all of these things to try to quote unquote overcome the pain of our story. When what God is saying is actually we want to embrace the pain, not so we just stay like fixated on the pain, but those painful Mm. stories need care. And it's out of those painful stories where the particularities of our calling will begin to rise. So, yeah, I think yeah. the whole idea of overcoming, it's it's falsehood. Uh it moves us into behavior modification um and away from heart transformation. When we embrace our story yeah. and invite God into that, we get to move into tr- heart transformation and that's really that's really what this book mm. is about. Is how do I yes. begin to reclaim by embracing my story and not Getting on that cycled wheel of I got to overcome, um, so that I can mm-hmm. kill it for the kingdom. But how can and I move, move on into release? Yeah, yeah, right. And how can I move into relationship with God and myself, mm-hmm. and then ultimately with others? Well,
1: Mario, mm-hmm.
0: I love you. I'm so thankful <laughs> you too, that you are that you've been in this work with me. Thank you for yeah. really with every page that's been written your hand has held my hand to write it. So, you know, I feel like we're birthing a book. <laughs> we wrote yeah. a book together and we went first. We yeah. went first. And so for all of you guys that are kind of on the fence about, you know, this book, I really encourage you one pre-order because pre-order means a lot to me and you also get some goodies with it. You get two videos where there's one video where I really break down freedom, what does freedom mean and what does it mean to live fully alive? This is extra content that's not in the book. I also give you a podcast where I kind of pull back the veil and talk about the struggles for me in writing this. And also just some extra stories that I didn't put in the book Mm -hmm. for you to have. So when you pre-order, you do get that. So I'd love for you to pre-order, but I just want you to know, I did not write this book from theory. I wrote this book and Mario is all over the pages of this book. We wrote this. My heart was that we would go first and Mm -hmm. both myself. And as you heard, Mario, we went first. And it works. Now, are we in process? Of course. But we are more free and fully alive than we would have ever been. Wouldn't you say,
1: babe? 100%.
0: Yes. Like we are awakened. And we know what to do when grief comes. We know what to do when we feel the heartache. We know what to do when other people have grief that come to us. We know what to do now because we've taken the pages that are written in Free and Fully Alive seriously. We have lived them. It is a product of our journey offered to you to give you invitation to really the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in your life. So I hope that you would grab this book and that you would pre-order and that you would share with us what has it meant for you to engage some of these uh, places and these pages of experiencing a life that is free and fully alive. Thank you so much, babe, for being on. I love you.
1: Thanks for having me. love you too.
0: We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us And entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.